An article in USA Today says we can't enjoy the movie Animal House anymore. Not in these enlightened times because Animal House violates the hashtag MeToo movement. Swear to God that's what it says. Among the violations are, it's not funny that Marmalade got raped in prison. It's not funny that Pinto committed statutory rape. It's not funny that Bluto spied on the sorority and saw naked boobies. The problem is, if we pass everything through the meat grinder of morality, nothing is funny. And uh, we ignore the fact that humor cuts everything down to size to the point where we can deal with it. So when it comes to Animal House, I say, thank you, sir. Can I have another? And when it comes to USA Today in particular, and to moral compasses in general, I say, guess what? You just made the list. I'd like to jump in the deathmobile and just run right over USA Today. You can take your thumb out of my ass any time now, Carmine. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. Dial 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Seriously, isn't that the dumbest crap you ever heard of? That's why so many movies these days are about superheroes and situations that can't happen. Sci-fi or aliens or whatever, because in situations like that, nobody can take offense. Look at what one... Best Picture 2018, the Oscar. The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water is about a mute janitor having sex with a humanoid amphibian. Female mute janitor has sex with male humanoid amphibian. Uh, the mute custodians of America won't complain. If they do, it'll be sign language. We won't you know, really hear anything. It won't be noisy. And there are no humanoid amphibians. Totally safe. Anyway, Shape of Water is just a remake of Splash. Remember Daryl Hannah, Tom Hanks, John Candy? Shape of Water is a more dramatic reimagining of Splash. Right down to the ending. At the end, the mute janitor is drowning and the humanoid amphibian gives the mute janitor the kiss of life underwater, and she grows gills and can breathe underwater. It's the same thing Daryl Hannah does to Tom Hanks in Splash. A remake of Splash won Best Picture in 2018. Ain't that a kick in the nuts? 412-333-9939. If we're just tuning in, the Pirates got Chris Archer from Tampa for Austin Meadows. And Tyler Glasnow and a player to be named later. The Pirates also got relief pitcher Keona Kella from Texas for uh, the left-handed pitching prospect whose name I can't find. Jesus effing on a popsicle stick. I I have so many notes here. I over-prepare for the show. Tell you what's going to happen, too. Since I'm bitching about 
our our ad people can't write an ad literally to say literally to save their life. I got to start doing less work on the damn show. Nobody would know the effing difference. It would be a lot easier for me. I'm off all next week, by the way. Well, Monday through through uh, Friday through Thursday, and I can't wait. I am so burnt out on this; it's incredible. Taylor Hearn, here's his name on my seventh page of hand scribbled notes. Twenty three years old, triple A left, double uh, A left handed pitching prospect. So, not too dear of a price to be paid for two components that can really help the Pirates hang in there. And I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they will stay in the race till the very end. Let's go to Ed on Moon Township. Ed, you're on with the Super Genius. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Good. Hey, uh, everyone's all gung-ho and fired up, and I understand that. But, man, we're missing two of maybe our top four hitters in Bell and Dickerson. They're on a DL. How are we going to hang? Does that mean you don't try? Yeah, but how are we going to hang without two of our best hitters? I don't know. Perhaps they'll forfeit tonight and forfeit all the games until those two are ready to play. Anything else? Yeah, that's stupid. Okay, stupid. okay. Oh, then, you, then you tell me, Mr. Murtaugh. What, what can they do? You still there? Hello? Goodbye, you jerk-off. What's that guy want me to say? Injuries happen in sports. Okay, you don't curl up in a fetal position and forfeit because you have a couple guys injured. They're not badly injured. No bones are showing. They'll be back eventually, sooner than later. You know, that that's what people expect me to be like. They get these two guys. Oh, what about the two guys that are hurt? Oh, God, they're in trouble. I said a few weeks ago on Twitter that uh, they weren't going to trade for Chris Archer. And now people act like they expect me to quit because they did. I'll tell you what I wish I could do. Here's what I'd love to do. I'm fantasizing. You know what's really important to have in life? Escape fantasies. How to get out of what you're doing that you don't like. And you don't necessarily exercise it, but you, but you fantasize about it. It's a release. I hate doing this right now. Hate it worse than anything because I'm totally burnt out on it because all anybody ever wants is more. Okay? You know what I do in a week? I write five blogs for the website, one blog for Schultz Ford, two columns for the trip. It's too much. But the thing I enjoy doing the most is the thing they would tell me here to walk away from, namely the newspaper column. The blog thing. Nobody else in this friggin' building does a blog every day. You know why? Because nobody else in this building, very few besides me, could draw money if you dipped them in super glue and dragged them through a bank vault. So I have to do it. Because nobody else can to, to do it well and make people click. Okay, I'm kind of over being pissed, but not really. Can't wait to be off next week. Can't wait. Let's go to Bobo. Bobo, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Um, hey, Mark, I just wanted to uh, get your opinion on who you think is going to get bumped from the rotation now that we have our... I'm sure it'll be Kingham. Okay. Who do you think it should be? Um, I think it should probably be Williams or Nova. Just Williams was their tough. best pitcher in July. He was, but he's he's really prone to have bad outings. You're right. We shouldn't go by what they're doing. We should ignore what they're actually doing. Anything else? 
What do you, what do you mean? What did you oh, okay, so, he, so you I'm going to go into this real slow, Bobo, because honestly, you sound really stupid. And it's not your no, fault. Bro, I would bet you, your parents are, are stupid. Saying, okay, your what brother, you your saying? sister, your kids, your wife, all stupid, mostly ugly, too. But how should you judge who stays in the rotation if not by how they're doing? You, you do judge by how they're doing, but you also judge by what kind of stuff they have. Williams throws 90, and he just doesn't have a good slider or changeup for that matter, and sometimes this fastball comes out flat. Yeah, he was 3-1 and one with a 2.33 ERA in July. And what was he the month before that? I'm not too concerned about the month before that because whatever he did in June, he improved upon in July. Well, you don't think Kingham can improve if he gets more quantity stuff? I think he can, but now's not the time for development. Now's the time to win. That's a fair point. You're right, because I'm smart, you're stupid. I'm good-looking, you're ugly, I'm highly paid, you dig ditches. Let's go to Greg in the car. Greg, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, how are you today? Good. Uh, Quick question, you're mentioning that you think it puts the part somewhat in contention for the rest of the year. What, what number of wins would you think that's going to take them to compared to if they wouldn't have made the changes? Oh, geez, I don't know. I mean, the last two years, 87 wins has gotten the second wild card. So I'm going to go with 87 wins. Yeah, you know what? That's, that's a good year. I mean, if the Pirates achieve that. But let's say they get 86 wins and don't make You know what that is? That's still a mediocre That's a bad year. Right? year. You make it. Right. No, I stick by what I said. I give the Pirates all the credit in the world for making the Archer trade and the Keller trade. But they have to make the playoffs of the year as a disappointment. Yeah, I, I, listen, I'm happy with the trade. I think they're two great trades. Wish they would have gotten another bat to add to the line. Uh, to no, the I, think they're, I think they're okay with bats, although like, like Doofus said a couple moments ago, you know, not having Bell and, and uh, Dickerson for right now is going to hurt. But uh, and, and this is where you could use Meadows, I guess. But then again... Even when they had Meadows, they didn't call him up. They just didn't like Meadows. They did. They just there was something they saw in him that led them to believe he was not what they were looking for now or later. We got Joe and Corey on hold. We'll get to them in a minute. It's the Mark Madden Show, 1059X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. No one wants to hear your life story. What do you want to say on my radio show? Hey yo, Mike, Mark, how you doing? Call me Mike. DX at 1059. We've got Kyle Glazer of Baseball America joining us at about 5.30. Pirates get Chris Archer from Tampa today. They get uh, Keona Kella from Texas. Really shores up the pitching staff. Really have a very good back end of the bullpen now. And have a better rotation now than they did before they got Archer. Although, you know, full disclosure, Archer's stats are worse than any Pirate starter except for Kingham's. But he's pitching for Tampa in a real tough division, the American League East. Then again, you'd like to think he could beat some tough teams to make the impact that they need him to make here in Pittsburgh if the Pirates are to make the playoffs. So I'm for the trades. It's so great to finally, at long last, see ownership and management address right now. But uh, where's it end up? As Stan Saverin keeps saying, the hidden value is that uh, – you will have Archer and Kella beyond this year. In fact, you can keep uh, Archer through 2021, Kella through 2020. So from that standpoint, the Pirates have greatly improved uh, their chances 
through the end of the decade, and in fact, maybe opening up a window similar to the window from 2013 to 15, which they slammed shut on their own fingers by selling all the players, not all the players, but fully a third of the roster off from that 98-win team in, in 2015. So, uh, again, great moves today by the Pirates. Uh, Huntington didn't give up anything they just couldn't afford to lose, although, and I keep saying this, I am a Meadows fan. They apparently are not. These trades really work if you keep Dickerson at least through next year. If you don't keep Dickerson, if you trade him or let him walk from arbitration, then those trades aren't as good because they probably won't result in what you wanted. Let's go to Joe in Ocean City. Joe, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, I have a question about what you and Stan were talking about. But real quick, with Bobo, with Williams, when that guy's on, man, there's a, there's an intensity, like almost a ferocity to him pitching. And I, I couldn't disagree. I totally disagree with that guy. I mean, he I'm not saying he's the best pitcher on the squad, but he just brings that viciousness when he's on. I, you know, I, I love watching that kid pitch. Who are we but talking he, about? Trevor Williams. He was. Bobo he had a great July. Like, I'm not concerned yeah. about ferocity. I'm not concerned about intensity. I'm concerned about how he's pitching. And he was their best starter in July. And he was right. a big part of the turnaround. You just can't right. take him out of there. Nick Kingham's ERA is 4.8. He's got his ass kicked all over the ballpark a couple times recently. He's an easy choice to take out. What other point did you want to make? About. The, the the point that Stan was saying about the two guys in AAA, do you agree with that, 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 made, that that's what made Meadows expendable? I think that that's part of it. Okay. A- again, I think the main reason they traded him is because he has a lot of value in a trade, as evidenced by you know him being the key component in acquiring Chris Archer, right. and they just don't think he's any good. Seriously, look, look they sent him down... They sat him down when he was hitting 300, over well over 300. Then they sent him down when he was still hitting near 300. They just don't think he's a major leaguer, not right now. All right. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Corey in the car. Corey, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Uh, it was kind of just uh, real funny. You were just talking about it. Um, my question was, all trade talks aside, um, do you think the next big move for the Pirates to make uh, was to be to sign Dickerson either long-term or just like a couple years and then maybe use him. Oh, I don't think they'll sign him long term. I think they'll they'll let him go to arbitration next year and then go from there. You wouldn't think they would sign him though after that? I I don't know. I don't know if today is an exception to their rule or a harbinger of good things to come in the way they try to build a winner. I don't know. Yeah, I just don't see our prospects being running until like 2020, 2021, so I don't even know who would be using our outfield besides Marte and Polanco. I mean, Max Morhoff isn't going to do it for me. If you're asking me what I would do, I would try to sign Dickerson long-term at the end of this season. Yeah, that sounds I, good. I don't me. think they'll do that. I think they'll – they'll. I, if, you, if you made me predict right now what's going to happen, he will play one year here, his last year of arbitration, and then leave. All right, thanks. And doesn't that sound like the way things usually go down? I mean, yeah, it is the Pirates. That's probably how it would go down. Yeah, today was just one good day, maybe. I don't know if it was a reversal of philosophy. Uh, Big story on Juju Smith-Schuster at CBSSports.com. 
and how he's just a kid and how much fun he's having. Yay, yay, fun. And Juju reportedly tells veteran Steelers that football isn't everything. Now, when it's third and 13 and the Steelers are trailing in a playoff game, you know what might not be a great idea? To throw it to the guy who says football isn't everything. Tell you what I'd love to do. I'd love to take that cottage cheese stripper ass that Lev Bell is grabbing all up in that video that's on Twitter now, on social media now. I'd like to take that cottage cheese stripper ass, the worst stripper ass I've maybe ever seen, and like throw it at Le'Veon Bell's face and just let it combust in all these curds of cottage cheese ass all over the place. If you haven't seen this video, you got to see it. And he's acting like she's some hottie. He's throwing money all over her. The, the money's piled up on the flow like it's a snowstorm. Oh, it is just grotesque. I'm sorry. I got a big fat cottage cheese ass myself, but you will never see it in a G-string on video because I know what it is. This girl, I mean, she got a bunch of dollar bills, but she's obviously got no idea. Up next, from uh, Baseball America, it's National Baseball writer Kyle Glazer here on 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. This is Mark Madden. It is. A double N, big fan. I think there's a better chance of me and Selena Gomez being parents to triplets. The X at 105.9. Joining me now, our pleasure to welcome from Baseball America, National Baseball writer Kyle Glazer. Kyle, uh, we'll talk about the individual trades in a moment, but are the Pirates now a playoff team? How close are they? Well, they're three and a half games out. I mean, that's... So that's really what they are. I think they're absolutely a contender. They've shown themselves to be a contender. Look, there's a lot of good teams in the National League. You have to remember the Rockies and Diamondbacks, your reigning wild card winners are still in it. Uh, the East is a little bit of a beast with the Braves and Phillies and, and the Nap holding firm. Maybe they can make a run. So it's not guaranteed. I'm not going to sit here and say that after their two trades today, the Pirates are absolutely favorites to go get the wild card now, but they've certainly improved their standing and their chances. Where is Chris Archer's career at, Kyle? Because he's not having a great year uh, so far. Yeah, so where Chris Archer's career is at is he's no longer the ace he once was back maybe three, four years ago. His ERA has gone up a couple consecutive years now. His strikeout rate's down. Uh, But he can still be a really good, solid pitcher for you. Someone who can come in there, give you six electric innings, you know, give up maybe two or three runs. He'll keep you in games. And I think that as you move later into the season, you know, the Pirates have a very young rotation. He's an older guy who has a little playoff experience, and I think he can help them. I don't think Pirates fans should expect him to come in and be a new number one starter, but a solid pitcher who can help them, that's absolutely something he can be and should be. Now, you mentioned his ERA has gone up uh, over the last couple years. Why is that? What, in terms of his stuff, the way he's approached his job, what has caused that to happen in particular? You know, some of it is, seems like it's just actually the AL East has gotten even better. You know, he, he was coming up when the Rays were top dogs and the Yankees and Red Sox were up and down a little bit. If you look at his numbers outside the AL East, they've actually been really good and more in line with where his career numbers have been. But because he's facing, you know, the Red Sox have the best lineup they've had probably since the World Series team in 2013. The Yankees have been resurgent the last two years. He's been facing stronger opponents. So I think that is a little bit of a sense that getting him out of the AL East and into the NL Central, where only the Cubs really have this electric offense, might actually be what unlocks his uh, performance reaching you know, what he was doing two, three years ago. The Pirates' philosophy is to pitch to contact, although Jamison Tyon has kind of strayed away from that into uh, a great favor. 
Uh, how will Archer have to change once he gets here? They're not going to change Chris Archer. You know, how you develop pitchers in your own system to get quick outs is one thing. When you acquire a veteran who's got, you know, on his career, uh, you know, over 10 Ks per nine, you're not going to bring him in there and try and change him. Now, maybe a tweak here or there. You know, he's a competitor. He's a veteran. He knows how to get early count outs when he needs to and when to blow guys away. I don't expect the Pirates to come in and try and change him. Now, what about uh, Keona Kella from Texas? What's the front page on him? Uh, he wasn't overwhelming in Texas either, but uh, against right-handed hitters, he certainly was. Yeah, you know, and he's 24 for 25 in save opportunities. And while, you know, his ERA isn't minuscule, like a sub-2 ERA, at the end of the day, he gets the job done. And now you can pair him with Felipe Vasquez at the end of games. You can mix and match a little more. I mean, right now, when you look at the rest of the teams in the National League, the way the Pirates can come at you at the end of games with those two guys is probably as good as any end-of-game pair in the National League, and I think it gives them a distinct advantage. Adding Kila is, is something that was very, very strong and very, very smart. They gave up a good prospect to get him. Taylor Hearn's a really good left-handed pitcher who might have been Felipe Vasquez 2.0, but I think what Kila gives them now is, was worth it. Now, you mentioned that, uh, that Hearn's a good prospect. What about what Tampa got in return for Archer with, with Meadows and Glasnow? Well, Meadows, you know, he's always had such amazing talent. He just couldn't stay healthy, and he comes up to the United health this year, gets called up to the big leagues and shows what he can be. Every expectation is Austin Meadows will be an everyday, really good outfielder. And if that happens in Tampa Bay, you know, if Chris Archer comes up and does what he should, I don't think Pirates fans should sweat that too much. Tyler Glasnow, I think, is the guy that's the real wild card here. We've all known, you know, six foot nine, fastball, 98-99. But he's just never been able to throw enough strikes. They put him in the bullpen. Even though it's been better, it's still five over five walks per nine rate. Um, if Sometimes those really tall pitchers bloom later. And if he's one of those guys that all of a sudden figures out 27-28 and pitches like the ace and people thought he could be as a prospect, then maybe the trade could look a little you know, more sided toward Tampa Bay's uh, favor. But given what he is and the struggles he's had, I don't think anyone can blame the Pirates for pulling the trigger on this potential move and, and including him in the deal. Now let's get back to that Pirate bullpen. Uh, will Vasquez remain the straight closer and Kellett be the setup man, or will they go lefty-righty? How will the, the order shake down in that bullpen now? Uh, we're going to find out. Uh, they haven't exactly you know, said anything firm yet, and I think you can expect the uh, the guy who's been the closer, the all-star closer, Felipe Vasquez, to still get the bulk of the opportunities. But, you know, we see a lot of teams right now, right? The Indians acquired Brad Hand. You know, Cody Allen's their closer, but when the matchups have been right, they've put Hand in to finish off games. So I think it's going to be more of a game-by-game basis, but I would expect Vasquez to be the, the go-to guy in most situations. We're talking to Kyle Glazer from Baseball America here on 105.9 The X. Uh, in, in general, how good's that bullpen? That That's a decent bullpen from top to bottom now, isn't it? It is. And again, I, I you know, just quick off the top of my head, I go down the rest of the National League contenders, um, at least as far as how they can finish games off. It, I'm not going to sit here and say it's the best bullpen in the National League, but I think it's one of the most electric now. And I think that's obviously a, a very, very good place to be. Um, you know, the Pirates starting rotation, that's the group that's been, uh, I think, 17th in the majors and starters ERA. You wanted that upgraded. They did that with Archer. Look, they strengthened their team in multiple spots, and when you're trying to compete, I, I think the Pirates did a good job being realistic. They knew they weren't one piece away. They needed, if they were really going to try and contend and make up this three-and-a-half-game deficit, they had to make some improvements on a couple sides of the ball, and, and they did in both uh, the rotation and the bullpen. Well, let's stay with that rotation. How does the rotation compare to the other uh, contenders in the National League? 
you know, it's interesting, right? The Braves going and getting now Kevin Gosman, I think you have to give the Braves a rotation as the Dodgers when everyone is healthy, that's still a better rotation. The Rockies, no one's talking about it. Rotation has been one of the best in baseball over the last month. So I would say the Pirates, you know, are they at the top of the list? No. But do they compare decently well with some of the other teams in, in the playoff hunt now? Absolutely. Look at the guys Milwaukee's thrown out there. The Cubs have had some issues at the back end. Again, to definitively say the, the Pirates are 100% better, you know, I don't know if you go there, again, considering, you know, they're 17th in majors and started the ERA. But I think talent for talent, they're, they're comparable if everyone pitches to their ability. Well, yeah, let's stay with that because when, when you look at the Pirates' stats, Kyle, the, the rotation, and this includes Archer now, almost everybody has the same numbers. You know, the ERA, everybody's within a half run of each other. The whip is all very close. Who in that rotation has that potential to step up? Obviously, you start with Archer, but who else could? I mean, Tyone is still the guy that I think you can expect to really, you know, when, when he's on, he can be a guy that can really step up for you. Um, you know, if you have Archer and Tyone step up, you know, Trevor Williams has shown the ability to be kind of solid back-end guy. You know, you can have two guys step up, but if the back three and the, the you know, the other guys behind them really scuffle, it's not going to matter much. So, and, and that's where I go back to, you know, you can't sit here right now and say the Pirates are definitively going to the playoffs after these moves. They're going to need the guys in-house to step up their game a little bit. They're going to need the new acquisitions to live up to their billing, and that's never a guarantee. But I do think now that they're, you know, they're, they're within reach, they've added some good players, they're in a better position today than they were a week ago, and that's all you can really do at the trade deadline. Try and position yourself as best you can, and the Pirates have done that. Now it's out, up to the players to go execute. Who are the front runners for the wild card? I mean, you know, look, the Diamond, the Diamondbacks and Rockies are, are going to be in it. They're not going away anywhere. Um, the Diamondbacks, you know, currently have one of the spots. And then, you know, the Braves and Phillies are tricky, right? Because, you, you know, you figure one of them's going to win the division, those going to win the wild card. But they're both such young teams. The Phillies have holes, uh, offensively and on the staff a little bit. I wouldn't shock me if one of them fell off. I think right now you still have to consider, you know, the Diamondbacks, and then you know maybe the Braves as the favorites in the NL Wild Card. Um, you know, and the Brewers, obviously, of course. I, excuse me for that. You know, they're, those three are still the favorites. But again, the, the Pirates, when you match them up, they're not that far off talent-wise off some of these teams, and if they can just stay hot. You know, obviously they're not going to win 15 of 19. You know, every every two weeks, every three weeks for the rest of the year. But you know, could they slip in past? You know, if the Braves fall off a little bit and, and the Diamondbacks, you know, injuries catch up to them, yeah, it's plausible. I can't count out the Nationals either. Uh, they, they didn't get rid of Harper today, as had been speculated, although I'm not sure how realistic that, that ever was. But I expect them to make a run still. Maybe not make it, but make a run. You know, I would like to say, I just I see this team that we've been saying that for so long, and to me it was really clear that whatever they had wasn't working. If they truly wanted to be a postseason team this year, they needed to go out and get J2 Real Muto. Their catching situation has been a disaster. It's hurt their offense. It's hurt their pitching staff. And so to me, this was not a team that if they really were going to make the playoffs, they could stand still with where they were. That hole was too huge. And it, the fact that they didn't go address that and go get J2 Real Muto tells me they're not, not – I don't expect a whole lot to change. Even though there's talent on that roster, the huge hole they had is still there. And I don't know if it's just magically going to get better. What teams helped themselves the most in the week leading up to today's deadline? You know, uh, it's funny. I've been so busy writing up each individual trade. I haven't had a chance <laughs> to take a breath and sit back and 
really look at all of them. Um, I think obviously the Pirates come to mind. I think the Braves did a wonderful job, you know, acquiring Kevin Gausman, but also getting Brad Brack for slot money. Um, that, that those are two things that, that, you know, two players who can really, really help them. You know, on the American League side, I'm going to go back a few weeks. I really think the Indians getting Brad Hand and Adam Simber uh, is really, really going to help them, uh, really help their bullpen. They went out today and got Leonis Martin, who, you know, is not a sexy name, but you look at his production. He's been a really good defender, and he's been perfectly fine offensively. They went and got a AAA outfielder today named Oscar Mercado, who's nearly big league ready. So I think on the American League side, the Indians are probably the team I think did the best job of addressing their holes. And again, that, that's all you can do, right? Sitting here and saying every single one of these players is going, uh, going to deliver as expected, that never happens. There's always a guy who doesn't perform as you hope he will. But for, as far as teams just making the right moves to put themselves in better positions, you know, but Braves and Pirates in the NL, and I might give the nod to the Indians in the AL. But again, I'm probably going to go back and take a big picture look at this and realize I forgot to mention the team right as I get off the phone with you. <laughs> Well, I'm interested to see, and, and Kyle, I know in baseball it's more about metrics than it is about emotion, but the Pirates usually don't add at the deadline. This just isn't the way they approach this situation by trading prospects for help now. And I'm kind of curious to see how the clubhouse responds to it because if any team is due a jolt of adrenaline for getting trade deadline help, it's certainly these Pirates. There's no question. I think you go back even to earlier in the year when David Fries was talking openly in the media with, you know, Clint Hurdle about, hey, you know, we're missing something in here and all the, you know, Josh Harrison talk about should they trade him, should they not, what that whole deal is going to be. There's no question. It felt like the, the narrative around the Pirates was a lot more about discord and then, hey, everyone got healthy. They won 15 of 19. And, you know, there's always talent on this roster. I think it was just the combination of Pittsburgh fans hating and not trusting the ownership and then, just the narratives of trading two franchise types. Uh, it didn't play well, but this was always a roster that had talent, and I think that talent has blossomed, and ownership and front office you know, made the right call that, hey, this talent is real. Let's go add some guys. And by the way, it's not like Keela and Archer are free agents at the end of this year. They're sticking around for a while. I actually think the Pirates have a nice little window of opportunity to contend beyond just this year, and, and these trade additions only help that. Kyle, this was real good. Thank you so much for the insight. We'll do it again soon, I hope. My pleasure. Anytime. That's Kyle Glazer. Check out his work. He really is good at Baseball America. Now it's time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. That means you can ask me anything. 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. I'm super excited to be calling you right now. He's brittle. He's a mind. He's not an arm. He's a brain. He's not a body. The X at 105.9. Tomorrow's show will be very interesting. Uh, Steelers general manager Kevin Colbert will join me, as well as USA Today baseball writer Bob Nightingale. We're going to break down the uh, Pirates getting Archer and Kella today. Obviously, this won't be the only day we talk about it. Be great if the Pirates can beat the Cubs tonight. Weather permitting, of course. Uh, right now, I would like everybody to rise and respect Nikolai Volkov singing the Soviet uh, national anthem. It was a rough weekend for pro wrestling. Uh, Volkov, uh, Brian Christopher, and Brickhouse Brown all passed. Brian Christopher was Grandmaster Sexay uh, and was Jerry Lawler's son, Jerry the King Lawler, the WWE announcer, I feel for Jerry, uh, no one should have to bury their child. And Volkov was awesome. 
maybe the last Soviet heel, him and the Koloffs. Volkov and Iron Sheik with Freddie Blassie. Classic heel tag team. Only Sheiky is left. Uh, they are the real, and I will love them forever. Uh, Nikolai Volkov, RIP. Time not to ask Mark anything. Dial 412-333-9939. It's brought to you by Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar, the city's best seafood and chop house. Check out Chapino in the Strip. It's the home of the Super Genius Burger. Let's go to Andrew in the car. Andrew, uh, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. Uh, it's uh, This is the third year anniversary of Roddy Piper's death, and... Uh, I know how much you, uh, you know, idolized Ric Flair, and I wanted to know if you thought Roddy exceeded Flair in any aspect of the business. No. Not even talking? Nope. I mean, well, very comparable. Very comparable. Roddy was terrific. I don't mean to put Roddy down at all. Roddy was a friend of mine, just like Rick is a friend of mine. But Rick's the greatest talker, the greatest worker, the greatest total package. Uh, Roddy was an excellent talker. Excellent character, uh, heat magnet, uh, just great at everything, but Rick, Rick's better. I, uh, the thing that I always liked about Roddy was I always thought he came at it from an angle of, uh, you know, I just thought he brought, you know, more humor to it than Rick did. It's not supposed to be funny. No, I know that, but he, but I appreciate the fact that he could make me laugh. He said things. Yeah, that, like uh, he said things like, "My shoes cost more than your house." Oh no, wait, that was Rick. I'm sorry. I mean, if you're going to get me to, you're not going to get me to say that Roddy was better than Rick at anything. He just wasn't. Thank you for the call. And that doesn't mean I didn't love Roddy and that I wasn't friends with Roddy. He was on this show all the time. Very comparable talking. I will say that. Very comparable talking. But Rick was more organized. Roddy always had the nutty type of thing going on. But but Rick Rick brought it home every time. Roddy could leave you out there with the promo sometime, too. Let's go to uh, Zach in Hampton. Zach, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, big fan. Yep. Hey, I just want to know, uh, does your win uh, total prediction change after the Archer trade? Uh, no, because you can't do that. All right. When you, when, you, when you bet futures in Vegas, you don't say over the over under unless they, you know, you don't say under the over under unless they get Archer and Kayla. You know what I mean? If, if they were on the team in the beginning of the year, does that change for you? Yeah. If, if they were on the team at the beginning of the year, I would have said they're a 500 team. All right. Sounds good, Mark. And, they, and they may yet be. But uh, I'm still going 76, 78 wins. They don't make the playoffs. But, but at least they did the right thing and have set themselves up for success in the next couple years with these two guys. If these had been rentals, I wouldn't be nearly as excited as I am because they have these guys uh, two years for both of them and one year beyond that with Archer. Let's go to Donovan in Brookline. Donovan, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, what's going on, you fat bastard? Oh, hi, Donovan in Brookline. What's that? What's the best place to get pizza in Pittsburgh? Why would you ask a fat bastard? I bet you're no freaking day at the beach either. How much do you weigh? I'm two hundred. See, you piece of trash. You know, let's wrap up the show. I don't care if it's early. That's it, bye.
WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh.